0: Life Happens with Pimelo Mudine on SAFM. on
1: SAFM.
2: Five minutes after two o'clock. It's that time again when we have the big interview and my guest this afternoon is Lima Gubela who is uh, currently the CEO of Brand South Africa. He's in studio with us. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Pimelo.
2: Tadema Gubela, are you well?
1: I'm very well, thank you.
2: So, between... Be, be, be before two o'clock yesterday and after two o'clock yesterday was brand south africa the same
1: well um not speaking on behalf of brand south africa but as as a nation brand uh what the minister said in parliament because this was not a, a budget speech yes but it's a policy statement that he was making yeah and um, you could, you would have seen a, a lot of admission that if we don't change the manner in which we do things, uh, the national debt is likely to rise mm. to three trillion. Mm. Uh, it's likely to rise no, no, to 70% yes. of uh, our, yeah. It is now three. It's, it's going three
2: to be 4.5 in three exactly. years. I mean, it's ridiculous.
1: So there's, there's a need to change the manner in which we do things. There's also a need for us as a society to change how we relate to the services that are provided. I subscribe to what the minister was saying, that we must pay for mm-hmm. the services that is rendered to us. The That's culture, how we're going to build this institution. Remember, this institution these institutions are not ours. They belong to prosperity. Generations to come are going to depend on ESCOM. If we ruin and really bankrupt ESCOM now by not paying, are we saying the next generation shouldn't have energy, shouldn't have power? That's the question that we have to deal with now. We shouldn't think about this generation, but the future.
2: You have been uh, a diplomat. And, and, and basically these questions to, me, to, to you from me are, are encompassing of that. The fact that you experience in other countries how we present ourselves in other countries, how we are seen by others is very, very important. It, it's one thing for us to see ourselves, but how others see us is also very, very important. At the moment... How do you think the world
1: sees us? Pimelo, we, we, <clears throat> we need to manage the manner in which we behave mm-hmm. as, as as a society. A few years ago, I was talking to a colleague. I was the chief of state protocol. And there were a lot of robberies that were including involving diplomats in Pretoria. And if you read uh, the cables that were going to their capitals every day were of serious concern, so the reputation of the country was tarnished. Mm-hmm. As a chief of state protocol, I spoke to the police unit uh, 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 Daniels, it was the colonel, and I went around to do patrol in the, the diplomatic prince precinct in, in Pretoria mm-hmm. uh, for five days to understand how our policing was going around. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we then realized with senior management of the South African police service at that stage that dealing with this wrong perception or bad perception that is going out it's not only a police responsibility mm. it's a responsibility for all of us across and we're able to identify challenges and I had a lot of support at that stage uh, uh, there was a general Lamour mm. who was in charge of the unit Jagis Levy was the commissioner of police my director general was Ayandan Saluba They're all very supportive in terms of changing the new trajectory of policy in the diplomatic precinct. Mm -hmm. And once the South African police services implemented that system and that strategy, we're able to deal with these challenges that we were seeing within the diplomatic precinct. So Mm -hmm. I'm saying it's how we react to bad things that come out in the society. It's not necessarily that bad things don't happen. Yes. It's how we react to them. Attacks that have been going on for foreigners in this country the last uh, few months. It's how we react to them, not because the attacks don't happen. Attacks happen. Nigerians will also tell you, the Ghanaians will tell you that they face similar challenges. Mm. But it's how we react to that. And I think the manner in which we dealt with them, particularly the political level, the intervention that came in at the political level to diffuse the tension that was going on was really commendable.
2: Isn't that, though, just the problem? We react. We are not proactive.
1: Remember, you can't determine if tomorrow people get up and do wrong things. There was, a, there yeah. was a
2: lot of discussion around uh, intelligence that, that could have been acted on.
1: Remember, Pamelo, I, I was the chief of protocol when we hosted the World Cup. Yes. And during the World Cup, there were rumors that uh, there would be attacks on foreigners they were even showing. The media was even showing people uh, camping by the roadside, waiting for hitchhiking to leave.
2: In, in fact, the British media ha- t- took the cup. It, things, wa- it was on not fire. No, the Australians
1: was also bad. <laughs> yes. Those things never happened. Yes. So I'm saying, sometimes you hear things are going to happen, you find that they are not happening. Particularly with the advent of fake news that is going on, I think what you measure how the country reacts is once wrong things happen, how do we deal with them? And put sustainable systems in place to permanently deal with those issues.
2: I'm in conversation with Kingsley Makobela and uh, you're more than welcome to give us a call. It's an hour-long conversation. We'll touch on absolutely everything uh, as he sits on the board of many, many places. Um, his presence is very important in many quarters, but he's also wearing a uh, brand SA hat as well. He's been a diplomat and we'll touch on all of those things. But I will welcome your calls on 0891-104-207. on
0: SAFM.
2: 12 minutes after 2 o'clock my big interview this afternoon is with Kingsley Makubela who's worn many many hats but we, we really are speaking at a, at a global level about things um, in general as we do here on the big interview he's, he's worn many hats, he's been somebody who's been the head of protocol he's been an ambassador, he's uh, obviously been at the helm of Brand SA we'll discuss that a little bit later on but it's important for us to, to touch base with people who I think sometimes have a bird's eye view uh, on matters that are affecting all of us when I ask you and yes you said earlier you're not speaking on behalf of brandy say when I ask you as an individual as somebody who would have been a diplomat who had had to represent us in other places what's South Africa's identity what do you say
1: our identity remember in 1994 uh, when we reintegrated into the African continent and really become and became an integral part of dealing with the challenges that the continent is it's having. Yes. But also uh, looking into the opportunities that the continent is, is, is facing, mm-hmm. you will realize that our foreign policy was the integration of uh, the South African foreign policy integrated within the African continent mm. and resolving and dealing with our issues at the core of that is resolving conflict because the continent has been plagued with so many conflicts and the foreign policy we spend a lot of resources at south africa to deal with the conflicts within the continent even to build capacity i mean if you look at our involvement in the drc in the sudan in west africa in Cote d'Ivoire, in lesotho and so on this is essentially to resolve the conflict because we realize that as long as we have conflicts within the continent we're unlikely to progress. And most of those conflicts that we are having within the conflict are ethnic conflicts. And ethnic conflicts by nature are very brutal. And the swipe you realize, in my studies later on, my my, my PhD was around uh, a conflict resolution and dealing with intractable conflicts. Because I thought at that stage developing institutional capacity within our foreign policy to be able to deal with these issues was very fundamental. So our identity within the continent it's resolving our problem but also exploring and and really exploiting the opportunities that the continent has to develop and to prosper and to compete with the rest of the world
2: that's interesting because you are talking to somebody something that i think is is hampering our progress is as domestically so you would have seen it. I mean, it, it comes up all the time where just the other day you had a board member of ESCOM saying to a portfolio committee, if the government and uh, interference does not stop, we're not going to get ESCOM to where it should be. In literally every single corner, you look where there is much, you know, to be done. One talks about this this tug of war between individuals, between egos and so on. Isn't that just part of what, what's really holding us back?
1: Primero, uh, we really need as a country to build institutions of the state. At the heart of the statement that you saw, it's, it, it's, it's indicative that our institutional capacity is weak. So we need to build that, build career public service, public service but we must also understand that there are checks and balances at the political level The shareholders, they have the responsibility to perform certain functions that would ensure that those who are tasked with this are doing what they're supposed to do. So there are checks and balances. There are spaces that must be defined quite clearly. But I think at the core of that is for us to develop capacity of the state institution. And what do I mean by developing and building capacity of the state institution? It means we must develop career public servants who are all-rounded. We must educate our public servants to understand their jobs and to be able to compete with the rest of the world. Remember, we can't be focusing amongst ourselves. We must compete with the rest of the world and we must cooperate with the rest of the world. So we must identify areas where we need to compete and areas where we need to cooperate with the rest of the world. And that would require what, uh, when I grew up, it used to be called a caterer of a special type, would understand what needs to be done. But at the core of that, as an academic, I can tell you, there's a need to enforce the doctrine of, 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 of separation of functions between the state and the party. So that separation, the doctrine of separation, it's, it's so fundamental. I, I grew up in the culture of the ANC and the ANC has taught me uh, that we need to build capacity of the state and there's a separation between the party and the state. So we understand that for future generations, strengthening the capacity of the state is very fundamental.
2: So the the issue here is I sit with many different people wearing different hats. Right. And actually, Kingsley, on principle, nobody disagrees with you. On principle, everybody says the same thing. We need to deal with 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 exactly that separating uh, issues of the state and of the party. They all say the same thing. It's important for governance. All of them say the same thing i'm still trying to understand where is the missing link if everybody is gunning for the same thing we all want this country to prosper or so we say we all need people to be better skilled or so we say we all understand that corruption is a factor and so we say what's the problem
1: the problem is that uh, pimelo i think you you would have seen uh, since the sixth administration a lot of uh, Commissions have been set up to look into serious malfeasance in areas that have hampered development of institutional capacity. Mm. What we are dealing with is that you're dealing with human, and particularly the question of corruption is at the core of that. I mean, I was astonished mm-hmm. when the president was in the United Kingdom when he said uh, state captured cost is between mm. half a trillion and one trillion rent. And there's a lot of money that we could have changed, people were, could change the lives of people who are living on less than a dollar per day, the poverty datum line here keeps on growing, and you would have seen now the unemployment has gone up to twenty nine point 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 seven percent now. So we deal with those issues. We need reinvest in, in 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 developing our 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 infrastructure and employ more people. We need to deal with the question of corruption. Is at the core of that, and I'm glad. I mean, I heard the president saying uh, two days ago that part of the challenge we've been very soft on our own comrade. That's what the president said. He said, we have to take action against our own people. And I think it's quite right. We need to take action against people who are corrupt because corruption is no identity. There's no political identity. It's actually stealing from the poor. So that needs to be dealt with. And that's not the responsibility of government only. Mm-hmm. We as a society, it's our responsibility. Even the corrupter, we need to deal with them.
2: I will take those calls on 891 I do see you, KGM. I'll be back with you in a short while.
1: At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter.
2: I did promise to take your calls on 891 I'm in conversation with uh, Kingsley Makubela, and uh, he, he wears many different hats, and we are just really shooting the breeze this afternoon. Uh, I did say I'll take your calls. KGM, you're calling us on the road. Good afternoon.
0: Uh, good afternoon, Pemi. Good afternoon to Dr. Makovella and to your listeners. Good afternoon. Let, let me engage on, on one of two things. One, uh, I, I hear and agree with quite quite a lot of things you're saying, Dr. Uh, Makovella. Uh, but he, here's my gripe. Um, you, you know, I, I've come to realize I've participated a lot in on, on, uh, media as a listener and contributor as, as a caller as now. Yeah. And, and what I'm listening to, to to us and listening to myself, we seem to be doing a lot of talk. I mean, I think Timelo tried to raise that to say, then what? We know all of these things, then yeah, what? And yeah. I, I find us to be having a serious glitch of what to say, let alone what to do, when that question comes up. Yeah. Uh, and and I've challenged myself uh, a long time ago to say, uh, KGM, you, you, you even have a following as a listener. Um, people will be saying we like comments, we like listening to speeches. And if you go back to, for instance, Martin Luther King, without being long,
3: yeah.
0: uh, to to today, even Nelson Mandela had some some fantastic speeches. But those speeches have never really changed the core of the livelihood of us as a people.
3: Now, yeah.
0: we we can talk about the, the the challenges, articulate them well, until we fundamentally focus. In a focused way, implement these things that we so articulatively verbalize.
3: Yeah. We're
0: nothing. Now, what what I've what I've done over over the years, uh, well, three four years ago, I've I've come to a point where I say, if I don't implement, then I'm going to continue being a a, a talker, which which is what we yeah. do most yeah. of the time. What's what's your take in as far as? I'm talking me and you in our personal capacity in as far as you are concerned, and lastly, how do you feel about the issue of job a um, uh, job hogging or uh, positional hogging? I'm basing this on the fact that you are a director uh, as per uh, the the introduction of the law of a number of uh, boards if I'm not mistaken now you have three, four, five, whatever the number. How do you feel that there could be somebody sitting somewhere who could be occupying one or two of those that you are having? Of course, we talk about knowledge and capability and ability. But if it was in your personal capacity where you have started entities, where you are a director by virtue of uh, having started that, what, do, what are the comparisons and what are, mm. are
1: your views in terms of the, the two? I hope you understand. I, hear, I'm I hear what you say. Penelope?
2: Thanks very much, King KGM taking,
1: Let me tell you, I, I, sit, I sit on the board of the Center for Mediation at the University of Pretoria. Uh, and I, I do, through that center, I do uh, part-time lecturing at the university, but I do it on pro bono basis. I don't get paid for that. It's part of uh, sharing some of the experiences of running public institutions with the upcoming academics. I also sit at the Board of Lily Sleeve, which is a historic monument. I don't pay for it. It's, it's part of my contribution. What I agree with you, uh, uh, KGM, it's a name. Huh? Yes. What I agree with you, with you is that we, it, you're quite right. We can't keep on talking, but we need to make commitments as individuals that there are certain things that we're going to do. When I was when I was sitting here talking to Helen, who's part of the SABC team here, I was i was talking we were reflecting around the culture of payments for services that the minister of finance spoke about yesterday and i i was saying to have made a commitment to myself that i'll pay for all services that are rendered to me and and if i know there are certain services that i would not afford to pay i will not engage those services so we need to create a culture and we must start with ourselves as individuals because we can talk and talk about all the things you quite right but our behavior is totally different so we must inculcate a culture of paying, paying for services because these institutions that are running they are not running free they run on some resources if we don't you're going to get the bailouts similarly we must pay our tv licenses that's what i was saying to i pay my tv license every i may have my own challenges with sabc uh, in terms of programming or be unhappy but i find it really unacceptable that if i use the services i don't pay for them Similarly, I'm saying we must do our best share as, as, as individuals to ensure that we build the capacity of the state institution. We must refuse to take bribes. We must never bribe anyone. Those are things that we need to make a commitment and we have control over those issues.
2: Why do you think, from a, another point of view, why do you think that South Africa fails to fail quickly and and, and, and and address accountability very quickly. So in other words, we're not saying that there will not be mistakes. We're not saying that there will be things that will not go wrong, right? But many countries have shown us many times over that you can have a big scandal like we've had here, uh, where now we have a whole state capture inquiry and so on, but the world showed us that, you know, you can have a bell pottinger and immediately deal with bell pottinger and, and the world dealt with bell pottinger and showed us that here they were dealing with an issue that affected us directly and we have no example to show Uh, like that in this country where we've held somebody completely accountable. We have this way of just delaying accountability. We we've got Steinhoff. We we don't quite have a solution for what's gone wrong there. KPMG. Instead, we are now, you know, nursing it back to health. We really don't have cases where we've said we have as a society rejected corruption at all costs, whatever the cost is.
1: Pimelo, until we start to see tangible actions, Particularly with respect to high profile corruption cases. Mm-hmm. That we know in, 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 in this country. If action is not taken against those kind of individuals, it keeps on sending the message that corruption pays. Mm-hmm. So we need to see some action. That's true. That that I think everybody acknowledges. The government acknowledges that in all statements people say it's that it's not true.
2: Not everybody acknowledges it in that way. Because people then say, but what about the people who are working in those companies? So so the argument that has come through, for instance, for some of these entities is to say we have to save them because there are jobs that are going to be lost.
1: No, I was listening to the Auditor General uh, when he was making pronouncements on national government's audit. Mm. And he was making a point that you can't get members of the board who are ruining one state entity, and yet they are appointed to the next. Mm.
2: Mm.
1: We need to stop that kind of a culture.
2: Redeployment. You
1: can't, yeah, You Re- can't have something pending on you related to corruption or related to mismanagement of one board you sideways. and you get to another board yeah. the auditor general is quite correct and he's, he's now being given new powers and we hope he's going to act remember all these actions must be taken by independent institutions that are really protect the npa uh, the auditor general and so on in terms of state entities but the corruption doesn't it's not only limited to state entities Absolutely. it's 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 also in the private sector we need to take action because those who are accepting who are corrupting action must be taken against them
2: we'll take those calls on oh eight nine one one oh four two oh seven and we will continue our conversation all the way until three o'clock my conversation this afternoon is with kinsley makubela who is here shooting the breeze with us talking about everything that has to do with south africa it's 2 30 now let's go to utila Sako for the latest in headlines
3: Pimelo on SAFM.
2: I'm in conversation with Kingsley Makubela and I will take your calls on 0891-104-207. I see Solly is calling us from Boisons. Good afternoon, Solly.
0: Afternoon, Pimelo.
2: Good afternoon. Welcome to the show, Solly.
0: Yeah, uh, actually, Mr. Kingsley, it seems like she's getting around uh, uh, questions that you put, like KGM put some questions there. You know, I, I hear him talking about... Uh, 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 the state capture and stuff like that—that people need to pay. I mean, if the rod happens at the top, you don't expect people down there to pay for anything. I mean, there's so much uh, uh, looting in the in, the, in, in state uh, companies, you know. So people are just hope, uh, looking at the hopelessness and say, "Why should we pay for anything when people are taking money?" You know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That—that's that, my take on it. Th-
2: thanks, sorry <laughs> somewhere along the line there needs to be admission about what is it about us what has happened to us to normalize so much that has gone wrong
1: but Pimelo I'm saying we need to take individual responsibility it's it's quite good always to lump everything together I as Kinsley Makubela I've made a commitment that in the state entity where I work, I will not allow any form of corruption to take place. It doesn't matter whatever the cost, I'll stand up for it. So you need to make a similar commitment that wherever you work, you not allow this kind of things to happen. So individuals on the street, they have to make similar commitment that when they see this thing happening.
2: But what I'm, what I'm getting at is that you also know stories of whistleblowers with tears in their eyes, who tell you how that moral stance has got them on the streets at home unemployed, and so on, so what i 'm asking is, as someone who who loves this country, who has engaged at all levels you know from leadership all the way down, what is it that has happened to us to accommodate the level of corruption that we see and 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 just disregard for the law.
1: Remember, remember, there's a period where institutions of state, which were tasked with dealing with this corruption, were put in serious disrepute. And that was the only thing that corrupt people did: they corrupted the systems that could deal with them. Let's give credit to the sixth administration, to President Ramaphosa, for starting to reinvigorate some of these institutions to be able to take action and to make them literally independent. I hear people saying that, well, the president should take action. The Pre- president doesn't arrest. If he start to interfere with arresting of certain individuals, that's where we go wrong. But he must provide capacity. He's just appointed another head of the public prosecution in case ten. So you could see the capacity of his, the state is being brought back to deal with these issues. Let's give that support. But we, as ordinary citizens, we see these wrong things happening. Let's report them. I hear you saying that uh, whistleblowers uh, with their tears because they've been victimized. Mm. I can tell you, if. Blowing a whistle would put my job in disrepute. I'll keep on doing that because the interests of this country is too bigger than me as an individual. And I think if we have that attitude as individuals that we are not going to tolerate wrong things happening, no matter the price, remember, there are people who paid with their lives for this freedom. But would it take too much for us to lose our jobs in order to deal with corruption? No. I'd rather do that. Mm. So I encourage even those ordinary South Africans to do the same.
2: I'll go to Golden, who is calling us from Tembisa. Good afternoon, Golden.
1: Good
0: afternoon, Sister Afternoon, And your guest there.
1: Good afternoon.
0: Yes, Um, you know, we've got a problem, especially the poor and the working class are regarding this um, corruption, which is happening. We hear our leaders, um, especially those ones who want to, us to pay like for instance um each horse tv license we poor were the one who uh, are becoming like um becoming like uh, miserable uh, every time but those leaders they are encouraging us to pay as we use but they are stealing that money as well and we don't see I- I- even any action but There's nobody but there's nobody who's going to jail, nothing.
3: Uh,
0: all our leaders are riding around eating our money, paying tax for them. We are paying their salary, all the luxury things they are even stealing for us again. And then we have to feel the pain again of paying those things of its form um, and everything.
2: Thanks very much, Golden for that.
1: My brother, would you agree with me that this, this change? in terms of attitude and utterances by the new government Mm. that the government speaks openly about corruptions speaks about openly about corruptions internally within government even internally within political parties that that's the first thing we as political scientists we usually say to resolve a problem you need a proper diagnosis and once you've diagnosed the problem you must admit openly that there's a problem and once you've gone out openly to admit this is the problem, that's, that's how you're going to find a cure to the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think a cure is coming. Well, things won't happen overnight, but as a change of attitude. Me and you can talk openly about these things. Me and you can approach appropriate authority to report these things. We should do that, where corruption is, no matter what. Remember, even during the previous administration, people used to say, Yeah, the the reputation of the country is at stake and so on. I said, actually, during that time, I'm very happy that certain institutions of the state were able to be tested and to understand the powers of the president, the powers of Chapter 9 institution, the powers of the public protector. We are able now to approach the public protector openly because we understand what the powers of that office are. Mm and yet in the past we did not understand that's why a lot of things kept on happening now that we understand the powers that are enshrined in these institutions let's use these institutions let's not be in disillusioned let's build them let's speak openly about this let's speak openly to this institution to deal with these things that we are seeing
2: let's go to mdu in richards bay good afternoon mdu Hello? hi good afternoon mdu. welcome to the show uh, we're gonna move on from him, too. I don't think he can hear us very well. Mashinini in Cloof, Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon, how are you?
2: I'm well, thank you. Go ahead.
0: Yes, uh, but bella and the listeners as well. Hi, Mashinini. Uh, yes, but um we are sugar coating. That's what I'll tell you. We are sugar everything. When the previous government came in, it came in with the same. <coughs> It's the same ideology that we are wanting. We are cutting out the corruption. Not that in the um era there was no corruption. There was corruption. Nothing was done. Instead, the corruption went higher. Second came in uh, the Zuma. This the Zuma era came in. It was the same thing. Now it's the Ramaphosa era. But they are saying this: the ideologies. Yes, our president is a man of ideologies. But now here's the thing. He was implicated in one of the Basasa things and stuff, and more. Even with the um, uh, Mkwebane saga, he was implicated. So now, uh, we are saying, yes, let's fight this, but the man himself who's leading us is not clean. How do we deal with this? Because he's saying it's an individual thing. Now, first, meaning we have to deal with the man on top. He's not clean compared to everyone else. Because we can't just start at the bottom and say, everyone at the bottom, everyone must pay. I don't, I don't deny that everyone must pay for the services. But the state that we are in as a, as a country, some of the people cannot even afford to pay for those things. I don't know if you understand
1: me. No, I hear you, Mashini.
2: I, what I'm hearing, and I suppose I I can reflect this to you because we hear this all the time, every day. You have a very disillusioned population. South Africa is, is, is more, when you look at the morale at the moment, I think it's quite low. Um, it's going to take a lot to try and get the attitudes of people to shift, as you can hear.
1: Pimelo, you, you're quite right. Machine you're quite right uh, about dealing with corruption. But the only way to defeat and deal with corruption is to build strong institutions. Remember, individuals would come and go. Corrupt individuals who come and go, but the institutions will remain forever. And I think what I'm saying I like with this current administration is to recapacitate really those institutions to be able to take action without any favor and to give them the level of independence that they require to operate. And I think let's give the president all due respect in terms of that. That even if he himself is wrong, those institutions would act against him. But let's capacitate those institutions. And let's let's be let's come up as citizens and play our citizen responsibility in terms of building up capacity of the state institution. Because the fall of the state and the building of the state will depend on state institutions. And if we focus on playing individuals, we don't look at building the institutions, we're gonna lose the bigger picture. And I think we should spend our resources and energy in the building of these institutions of the state.
2: Going to Philip now in Pretoria. Good afternoon, Philip.
1: Good afternoon, ma'am.
4: How are you?
2: Good. Thanks for your patience, Philip.
4: Fine, thanks. Uh, good afternoon, um, uh, uh, Dr. McQuade. Good afternoon, Hi. Philip. Uh, ma'am, I have listened to the conversation since the beginning. I think there's four things that defines that gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dr. McQuade. He's a diplomat with a PhD. They, of the movement, has <laughs> been there for years. He's an chief uh, official, being yes. a CEO of an organization yes. of national importance. Yes. Uh, and in his values, he says he's committed to clean administration, he's prepared to pay the ultimate price.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I hear that. What he's, ta- he's, he's saying to the direct questions that are coming from the listener is that uh, corruption is one of the things that happens and, and in his administration, he will make sure that it doesn't happen. He's, he's committed to clean administration. Yet, uh, the shortcomings that he's got, and I I, I I, listened to you when you said, you emphasise that he's not going to speak as the CEO of another organization. Mm-hmm. But precisely because he's dealing with corruption that he's unable to deal with because he's not a politician in that position that he is. He is an official. And there's people who are deployed to to supervise him, who who may, and it's not proven, uh, ma'am, but who may be involved in certain things that are problematic. And he's trying to deal with them, but he's unable to deal with those issues. <laughs> Secondly, he said the problems that were associated with the Fifth Administration are now a thing of the past. He's able to call the president and a number of uh, commissions and, 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 and areas where we're dealing with those problems. But he's forgetting to say that some of those problems that happened during the fifth administration, they are still bedeviling the state organization even today. He's assertion that we need to build the leadership and the capacity of the state. It cannot happen for as long as we've got people like him who are so learned all around us, as he said, are sitting at home not delivering services in state machinery today. And he's not the only one who's affected by it that uh, that cohort of leadership in those organizations that loses the, the focus of where we're going as a country because they need to line up uh, their their, uh, their their individual uh, interest in those organizations so i'm not sure whether he's able to answer to those things but i'm still saying that whatever he's saying is an anti uh, it's a it's a contradiction of what is standing for as a principle, and where we are as a country.
2: Philip, Thank you. Thanks very much. I did promise to get to the point, by the way. That point that he's talking about essay, brand essay, and and what Philip I think is saying is saying, you know, it's all good and well to say all these things, but you yourself are experiencing difficulties where you are now put on ice. I'm going to call it put on ice. Um, as the, how do we call it when you are not when you're not quite sure whether you still are the CEO of Brand Essay or not.
1: Pimelo, what what I'm saying essentially is that uh, no matter my personal circumstances, what I would not do is to look the other way when corruption is happening. I'll stand up and take action against it. Um, If I'm put on ice, it's beyond my control. But there's no way that I'll keep quiet. I'll keep on making noise. I'll report to appropriate authorities. I'll report and prepare all necessary documentation for those authorities to take action. And I can tell with respect to my own case, Mm -hmm. other institutions of the state are taking action now. And, and, and I think action will be taken against people who are corrupt. So I'm saying I'm making a personal pledge myself that no matter the difficulties, we can't despair and give in to corrupt people. No, we shouldn't do that.
2: I think what Philip is also addressing is it's going to be difficult to mend this country if people with the values that you're talking about now are like you sitting at home, busy fighting uh, issues of corruption and internal squabbles, whereas we should be having you working.
1: People, I'm saying are we saying fighting corruption is an easy thing? The answer is no. Mm. It's gonna be a tough battle. People are gonna to try to demoralize you. They're gonna to try to hit on your personal uh, morale. I was saying uh, the other day that uh, corrupt people they would deal with with your soul. They'll try to destroy your your soul. And if they fail to destroy your your personality, they'll destroy your soul. Is that is that a price I'm willing to pay? Of course, I'm not gonna run away from dealing with corruption. Uh, I'm going to deal with it as long as I'm in position of authority. How would I explain to future generation when somebody says to me, you were the accounting officer in this, you look the other way around. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I will not be able to deal with. I would take action, no matter the personal cost. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying to him. And I'm saying it's an attitude that all of us should take, the public service we should take, that uh, all public servants should take the attitude that it doesn't matter. Whatever the personal cause, you need to take action against these people. Those that we account to, we expect them to take action. And I've said it in the past that I felt let down sometimes by my political principle. But do I give in? No, I'm not about giving.
2: Sipo, you're calling us from Kimberley. Good afternoon. Uh,
3: thank you, Tamila. Uh, uh, how are you? Good. Uh, thanks, man. Good. Thank good, you. Good, good afternoon to your guest.
1: Um, good afternoon. Look,
3: Look, look, uh, we, we, we can't despair indeed. Uh, we've got to put ahead. It, it, as you said correctly, um, uh, Doctor, it, I mean, you, you can't, we as a country, we can't despair. We're on our way to, to correct the wrongs that were done. And unfortunately, it's going to be a process. It's not going to be easy. Are we having a leadership that is equal to the task in making sure that we're correcting those things? Currently, I think we do. Are we having a, a president who's, who's responsible and accountable to the country? I think we are. And I think that should count as a strength for us as a country mm. because mm. in the previous, uh, uh, what you call administration, you had a president who was second-guessing all what was said either by a public protector or any other institution. And institutions were weakened. And now you've got a president now, at the present, who is prepared to invest in making sure that the NPA and the SARS, it's changed. He's acting on things that are wrong. That's what we needed. Obviously, as a country, we are we are demoralized because a whole lot of bugs uh, are around with us here, and yet they've done wrong things. But that does that mean we should then despair and say, no, hey, let's close the shops and forget? We can't. Yeah. We've got to stand and support those that are fighting corruption left, right, and center. We've got to have the courage to say these things are wrong. I mean, they're wrong, rather. They must be corrected. And in the past, we never had the courage, Pimelo, to say, but people, you are doing wrong things, and you've got to take accountability and, and responsibility. But now, there is such. Obviously, it's not going to move the way we want, but we've got to be patient. Yes, correctly so, we're in an age of uncertainty. Does it mean that we must then uh, say all all is doomed to the who we can't. So I, I therefore say indeed I agree with your guest there, that we've got to stand up, we've got to support those that are willing to fight the corruption. We've got to then say all the, 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 the what you call the um, you know uh, the, the programs as well as uh, whatever that is done to make sure that uh, the, these wrongs are corrected. We must support those efforts. Because if we don't, who else will? Yeah. I mean it doesn't mean that uh, uh, to build a uh, room it was in a one day, it took a process. And we're, we're, we're a Democrat, we're a maturing democracy. we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves. Uh, we are in 25 years, but of course that doesn't mean that we must then promote wrong things. No, I
2: disagree. Sipode in Kimberley. more of your calls after this.) <laughs>
1: Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation.
2: My guest this afternoon is uh, Kingsley Makubela, and he's with us all the way until three o'clock. Uh, we had an interesting call before the ad break. You want to respond to that, Dr. Makubela?
1: Well, well Pimelo, he's, he's, uh, the gentleman from Kimberley, he's, he's absolutely right. There are generations before me and you who sacrificed for this freedom with their life, and they knew that they will probably not see this freedom. Mm -hmm. Me and you have the opportunity to see this freedom. What we must do, we must preserve what we are having for future generation. We should not despair. We should stand up, even at a personal cost, to ensure that future generation will inherit this country in a better condition than it is. Mm -hmm. And that's our responsibility.
2: Mike, you're calling us from Mahiging. Hi.
0: Hi, Pamelo.
2: Hi, welcome to the show, Mike.
0: Thank you, Pamelo. Pamelo, you know, Anyone in today's world that still believes in the narrative that Rome was not built in one day, he will be an absolute fool. Because we know that narrative, why people use it. Now, I dispel that totally. People should not tell us that Rome was not built in one day. They've been talking for over 25 years, Penelo. They've been talking for over 25 years. And Penelo, you know what? they are like a snake that is busy eating its own tail. And it will eat its own tail until it ends up with its own head and it's dead, it's finished with it. I'm talking about ANC government. You know the corruption that they are doing? And your guests today, these people, they get paid to come on radio, in the media, and talk all about those things that they are talking about. I mean, it's been more than 25 years. Look at the situation in the country now. Look at the group what they've done to the country and their cadres that they have deployed to the ESCOMs of the country. You know, uh, the Tabombaiki, the comrade the, the Tabombaiki, he said, okay, well, uh, African diaspora, our African brothers and sisters, the borders must be done away with. People must just come move in here. But now, today, look what's happening. Now he has run under the bed, where is he? Sees. He's nowhere to be found. Now, Pimelo. The earth belongs to the Lord, the Almighty, and the Creator. Even the money, and and, and all that they're in belongs to God. Even the money that they are busy stealing and run to Dubai, Time's going to come very soon, and they've got their children who are coming after them. And the children who come after them, and their children's children too, they're going to suffer because of what uh, their phobia have done. That's all that I want to say. Let them just be honest and turn to God and stop greed because they have destroyed their country and it's really difficult for us to, 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 to go back. It's really difficult. I'm, I, I don't know how, how they're going uh, to do do this one. They, they must just uh, pull a rabbit out of the head. I don't know whether when it's going to work. But my last word is that, uh, 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 you know, the earth. Belongs to God, and everything that's there in that's where I get
2: my solace. Thank you very much, How do you propose that this country deals with the unemployment that we see?
1: Well, let me say to the gentleman: God helps those who help themselves. We have to stand up. We can't despair and rely on God. We have to do our best share, and and God would help us. I agree with you. We must have faith in in the supernatural. At the end, it would 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 help us get out of. The challenge that we have but we have to play our part we have to do our share
2: mm. how, how do you propose this country deals with the unemployment that we see
1: we we there are a lot of uh, i mean the the minister has come up with a strategy that he he, he unveiled uh, about two months ago that would uh, rejuvenate this economy we need to see economic growth the economy the, the the tourism sector provides a wonderful opportunity to absorb large number of people And the services sector provides this opportunity. We need really to go back into the infrastructure development. If you see repairs of the infrastructure that we having put a lot of resources in that. And that would employ a lot of people. But we need to put our economy in a growing trajectory. I think the president has been going around to mobilize resources for investment in this country. We need to change our own behavior. To be able to attract that investment because we won't be able to attract good investment and sustainable investment if we keep on attacking investors who come in the country we keep on coming up with uncertainty in terms of policy we need to streamline those issues one issue that i'd like to speak about Pimelo before you know you hear this narrative that south africa it's a it's politically unstable it's not correct this country is politically stable countries that are politically Unstable are so many in the world, and they range from countries in conflict. So people tend to confuse political uncertainty during elections with political stability. This country, I can tell you we're going for election in the next five years. There's no way that we won't go for election. The checks and balances are there. The separation between the executive, the the, the judiciary, and and the legislature, is quite clear. So that's the stability of the country. But the uncertainty in terms of politics. remember. Policy is an evolving process, and one, one author wants to define policy as is what we decide to do or not to do. That's where the uncertainty is, and that's where we need to build enough capacity.
2: Awasi, oh, your last uh, caller on the show this afternoon. Good afternoon. Good
0: afternoon. How are you?
2: I'm good. Please, quickly Thank for you. me, sir.
0: Thank you for having me. Um, I have a question for Kingsley. He's been touching on some very critical issues that affect society and uh, the ordinary person. But I would like to draw his attention to a broader field uh, out of South Africa, on the African continent. Because I listened earlier, you said, he said he, he is capable of handling any question that concerns Africa because he's got knowledge of diplomacy. So uh, I want to talk about the, the conflict especially that is happening in the southern Cameroons. Um, South Africa has been comparatively silent concerning this uh, brutal conflict, and um, a lot of people have been killed. In fact, entire villages have been wiped out by the French Cameroon government, and uh, women and children have uh, been living in the bushes, and a lot of refugees have been seen
1: streaming into Nigeria.
2: Would you want to respond to that in one minute?
1: You know, the, the, the bigger problem that is happening in the Sahel area, it involves multiple countries, not only in Cameroon. You, 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 you have the same thing in the neighboring countries that in terms of the conflict that is going on there. Look at what they've done in Timbuktu, people who came here to destroy the manuscript that are many years old so what we need to do really is to resolve those conflicts and I think countries in ECOWAS are doing their best in terms of finding solutions to this but they need to be supported by the global community not only South Africa the world community needs to to support these efforts to resolve the conflicts
2: you think South Africa is geared for that to be the ones who can lead that conversation. We,
1: we have a responsibility. We can't shy away from this. People helped us when we are fighting against apartheid. We have the responsibility to, re- to help the rest of the continent in resolving the conflict.
2: Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you so much for taking all those tough questions. I really appreciate the time that you've given us, uh, Kingsley Makubela, who is our big interview this afternoon. And I do remind you that that conversation will be available as a podcast and we'll also tweet that on our SAFM uh, Twitter handle. Thanks very much, everybody. Thank o'clock. you, in Let's me. do it again tomorrow.
1: Thanks, Thanks. Indict.